guys, welcome to the fifth episode of Movie Podders. As always, it's myself, Brian, and my good friend, Ryan. How are you doing today, Ryan? Yep, not too bad, you? Yeah, not bad. Seen any new movies recently? Uh, yes, I had, I don't know if it was the pleasure or displeasure of seeing Wish Upon. <laughs> um, it was interesting, but I, that, that's, I saw that on, I um, can't remember what night that was, but yeah, saw that um, a few nights ago. Um, so it's worth a wee watch when they say it's in, in great don't have any expectations for it but it's worth a wee watch you? Uh, I've, I saw a couple of new movies I saw one it's probably two or three years old uh, called It Follows oh that's one of my favourite films like of that year it's pretty good I, I didn't I, I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. um, more so the premise of it like the idea of the movie I thought it was good so it's kind of creepy I quite liked it uh, and I saw The Big Sick which I thought was excellent, and I would recommend everyone go see it. Although, um, I cried a wee bit through it. Well, I cried quite a bit through it, but then it, I went with quite a big group of people. And I think I was the only person that did. So I was a wee bit like, <laughs> well, maybe, I've, maybe I've like missed something here. <laughs> so, but yeah, they're really good. It's, it's really at times, at times it's like quite dramatic and sad, but then at times it's like really funny. I was, I, was, I had laughed out loud quite a few times. Mm. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Um, did you watch? Um, did you watch uh, Mo Farah last night? Indeed, I did not. No. Oh, Ryan, what happened? I was he working. Won. He won the gold medal. Good for him. Yeah, it was good for him. It's very enjoyable. It's his last race, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, unless he's doing the five thousand at this as well, but I'm, I'm not sure if he is. All oh, right. Yeah, unfortunately, some of us have, some of us have to. Out in a living, Brian. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I was doing yesterday as well. Just I bought reasonable hours, right? Um, anyway, let's move on. So we've got some movie news to discuss um, this week, and some trailers to talk about. Uh, probably not the best week for trailers <laughs> we've ever had, um, but we'll we'll discuss some of them anyway. So, do you want to do you want to start with that? Sure thing. So today we're going to talk about some of the trailers, as you've mentioned. So we've got uh, Death Wish, Goodbye Christopher Robin, and What Happened to Monday. We're also going to be talking uh, talking about the first look at Domino from Deadpool 2, uh, and possibly Chewetel Edge 4 being lined up for Scar for The Lion King. Uh, we'll also do the rundown, um, take a look at our favourite female action heroes, and answer some of your Twitter questions. Excellent, so what's first? Um, Alright, so the first uh, trailer that we're talking about is Death Wish, directed by Eli Roth. Uh, Quick synopsis, a doctor in Chicago becomes a hardened vigilante when his wife was murdered and his daughter was brutally attacked by thugs. Um, This is also starring Bruce Willis, um, Vincent D'Onofro and uh, Elizabeth Shue. Um, And for people who don't know, this is... A kind of remake of the original, which was in 1974. I think it was a Charles Bronson movie, also Death Wish. What did you think? Nah, um, <laughs> it looks like it probably should just go straight to DVD. Yeah. Um, we kind of spoke a wee bit just before we, we come on air, as they say in the business, um, that Bruce Willis just doesn't care anymore. Like, he, he's been... As this people say, phoning it in for I don't know how many movies now. Yeah, he's chucked it. Um, he just does not care. He's just picking up a paycheck, which is fair enough. I would maybe do the same thing if I was getting offered 
um, lots of money to be in a movie. But it, we're at a stage where if they wanted Bruce Willis in a movie, we'd be as well just putting a Bruce Willis mask on someone else <laughs> and we'd get a better Bruce Willis performance. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I don't understand why why production companies still want him to be in it because he doesn't want to be there. Like, like, at least, obviously I can't speak for him, but he just looks like he could not care less um, in, all, in all those sort of recent movies he's been doing. What yeah. did you think about it? Yeah, pretty much the same. Um, I was kind of sighing a lot through the, through the trailer, just like, oh, why, why are they still making films like this? And um, I was laughing to you like about one of the, the lines in it where there's a guy under, he's getting beaten up by Bruce under a car, and then he's crawling and He's like, oh, you're not going to kill me. And, he, and then Bruce Willis looks up and goes, no, Jack is, and whips or something <laughs> so the car jack falls down on him. It was pretty atrocious, so... Yeah. I kind of checked out at that point in the in the trailer. Um, same same thoughts as yourself. I wish we could get like John McClane back or or somebody of that ilk from Bruce Willis and uh, see him actually yeah. caring. I think you could probably do like what you're saying. Maybe draw like a wee face on an egg or something, and <laughs> that would be him. Your know, future Bruce Willis. Um, it's just, I mean, just to, to go back to the point, like what like you sort of science and why they still make these movies. I get why people want to make these movies because when they're done. When sort of revenge films are done well, they're really good. Mm-hmm. Like e- even bad ones. Like I really like the John Wick films. They're not. They're, they're, no one's winning any awards for acting or storytelling, but the action's amazing in them. Mm-hmm. And I think they're they're very aware of what they are as well, so that they don't take themselves too seriously. At least I don't think they do. Um, obviously, taken. Is probably lots of people's favourite sort of revenge vigilante type kind of thing. So I get why they, I get why people want to do those films because when when they're done right, they really take off and they get quite a big following. But I just think this looks awful. Um, yeah, I'm not interested in anything Bruce Willis is doing anymore. Yeah, I'd love John McClane back. We watched Die Hard three the other day. Uh, yeah, so good. Which, yeah, it's excellent, and um, but I want I want John McClane from the originals. I don't want f- uh, Die Hard Four or what? I don't know what they're yeah, called. Four and Di- Beyond. Whatever. Di- I don't know what they're. What's the fifth one called? Um, With Jack, Jack, that Jay Conley's in it as well, isn't he? Aye, uh, something. Oh, oh, no, it's escaped me. It's something like. Yeah. It's because it doesn't matter, that's why it's escaped you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, aye, I, I've, I'm pretty much the same boat as yourself. I just wish he would get his finger out and decide he wants to start doing it again, but it doesn't seem like it. I've not seen the... I, I know of the original like film with, as I say, Charles Bronson, and I think that had like quite a big following, but um, I've never seen it myself, so I don't really know how kind of close to the original story like the movie's going to follow or anything so yeah. maybe something to try and check out at some point maybe but, but see just as you were talking about like for the original another one from another like same style of film that came out just a few years ago The Equalizer with, with Denzel Washington mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that but I thought that was really good as well no I managed to miss that one as per usual but um, <clears throat> uh, I heard a lot of people would like say good things about it and but that that's probably the difference. Like Denzel kind of cares about what you're actually yeah. involved in, whereas old Brucey boy is back <laughs> yeah. then. Yeah, 
to be, I mean, to be on his side with that, if somebody offered me a, a silly paycheck to be in a, a movie, knowing that I didn't care, I'd probably take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the second trailer that we're going to speak about is Goodbye Christopher Robin. Uh, this is directed by Simon Curtis. So, A.A. Milne finds inspiration for his Winnie the Pooh tales through his interactions with his young son, Christopher Robin Milne. This is starring Margot Robbie, Donald Gleeson, um, and Kelly MacDonald. What do you think of this? Um, I thought it was okay. It, the uh, This is the second trailer that's out for this film. When I saw the first one, I, I thought, um, I don't know if I've got any interest in that at all, but I kind of enjoyed this trailer. Um... I think I said before I kind of I quite like true stories and and finding out a bit more about them. Um, I have no real love or even like for Winnie the Pooh. I somehow missed it when I was a kid. I, I just wasn't something I ever ever watched. I like the people in it, and so I guess that's probably made me a little more a little bit more interested as well. Um, so I'll probably check it out, but. It's a period piece, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. which generally aren't my cup of tea, um, but no, I thought it was okay, and um, it certainly made me a little bit more interested in going to see it from when I watched the first first trailer. Yeah, I'd probably say the exact same as yourself, really. To be honest, like period pieces are not always my my kind of thing. Um, I will watch them and usually probably enjoy them, but. It, it's not something that I'll go out my way to to watch. Yeah. Um, same as well, everybody who's involved in it, like uh, I, I like and like everything that they've been in the past as well. So generally, like it seems like it's all right. It just didn't really catch my attention. I didn't. I was the same as you as well. I didn't. I missed Winnie the Pooh when I was a kid as well. So I'm too busy playing with turtles and things like that. So I don't know. Much I've not really been involved in the Winnie the Pooh world. Um, only kind of concern I've got for it is just it's it's not so much for this. It's just a concern I've got for like most films like this, where it's there seems to be like a lot of um, they, they may be centered on a, a child actor, and it's sometimes like child actors are not great. So the wee boy seems <laughs> alright so far, but like it's sometimes that can put me off just because it's they're not the best children. No. You don't think so? No. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it does look like it's sort of centred again around Christopher Robin, or Robbins, whatever he's called. Yeah. Um, and uh, his dad and their, their relationship and how that then results in A.A. Milne uh, writing this this book. Um, one thing I didn't know, I didn't realise that the... Winnie the Pooh and all that are actually toys. Like, did you see that bit in the trailer where, like, the oh no, the animals aren't real; they're toys, but the forest is real. I thought that it was just like meant to be that the animals were real. So um, that like, I was not aware of that as well. It's like our first Toy Story, Winnie the Pooh. Alright, no, I did not. I was not aware of that at all. Yeah, like it's meant to be that because he says that, and that's what E. Mill says in the. Let's have just added that wee bit in. That never really happened, but I doubt that's the case. Yeah, no. Again, as I say, I've never really paid any attention to um, one of the posts. I've have no much idea or no not much information on it. So yeah, 
Um, they're also doing as well. I've seen this to you before. Like they're doing it's Disney who are doing a um, live action Winnie the Pooh movie. Um, they've got the likes of Ewan McGregor and Haley Atwell from uh, Captain America. Uh, well. Is that where that was? Is that where that was from? Because I heard that Haley Atwell was in Winnie the Pooh, and I thought they were talking about this, and I was like, I don't see her anywhere in this. Mm. Um, I wasn't that aware of, of what was going on with a live action Winnie the Pooh. Who's your yeah. McGregor playing? Is he playing um, Winnie? No, well, this is what I was saying. So I think what the story of this one, the Disney one, is it's going to be like after. Or, so it's it's kind of a bit um, hook like where it's Christopher Robin's right. grown up when he returns to the Winnie the Pooh world. Um, quite interestingly, uh, the director for it is Mark Foster, who was the director for World War Z. So hopefully we get a wee spin on Winnie the Pooh where maybe he becomes <laughs> some kind of zombie creature. That'd be quite interesting. Where does it start? It's just Bart and Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the, the next trailer. Yeah, so the third and final one that we'll talk about in any kind of detail is what happened to Monday. This is directed by a man named Tommy. I am not going to try and pronounce his surname. I think it's... I will try. try I think an attempt at it is. I think it's Vercola. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's what I would say. Yeah, seems a bit right. I don't want to make a catastrophic mistake of it again. No, oh, no. Oh, see what you oh, did oh. there. For a for a long time, listeners, <laughs> they'll they'll get that joke. <laughs> uh, so with this movie, it's um, set in a not so distant future, twenty seventy three, burdened by overpopulation with a global one child per family policy. Seven identical sisters portrayed by Numi Rapace, living a cat-and-mouse existence, pretending to be a single person to elude the Child Allocation Bureau. Also starring in this, we've got William Defoe, Glenn Close, Close even, and, um, as mentioned, Numi Rapace. What do you think? Uh, yeah, this is probably the trailer I've liked the most out of all the ones i watched this week. Um, there were some Absolute stinkers this week. I know you've not watched them all. Sadly, one of us had to. <laughs> um, I, I thought it looked really good. Uh, my only problem with it is that it's another Netflix film. It's not not a problem. It's a Netflix film, but a lot of times when I watch these Netflix Netflix like trailers for movies or whatever, I feel that the production doesn't look the same as a big studio movie and I don't know if that's just because they're still finding their feet mm-hmm. in terms of, of making movies but I feel that it had a TV vibe kind of about it mm-hmm. like like and so see sometimes when I watch trailers on Netflix I need to go and look to I'm like is this a movie or is it a TV show and I have to I will need to do a quick quick search just to find out because I think the production looks the same because the production on Netflix TV shows is really good like it's 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 the highest of TV but I think maybe their movies is maybe not the lowest because you get some you get some really bad stuff out there. But it's not it's not like a, it's not like Disney. It's not like Warner Brothers or Sony or the rest of them. I think it looks slightly different. Maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe they they want a different sort of feel to their movies. Um, but in terms of, I'll just go back to the actual movie itself. But in terms of the actual the story, I think it's quite intriguing. Um, I think this might have been a book, so it kind of makes me want to read that before. I watched the film, but the this idea about um, the these seven sisters were all born obviously the same day, 
and they, they, they're all called Monday through Sunday and then one of them disappears and so it's about trying to like find out what happens to them. And obviously they can only they only can go out on that day they're born and stuff like that. On that the the day that's their name. Mm-hmm. Um I really like William Defoe but he has a habit of doing really good films and doing some he, I think he must have a price. Well, he must be like Christopher Walken, William Defoe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, like because Christopher Walken. I don't. I'm not. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean like because Christopher Walken has like, if he has a, what's the, well, I, I don't know the right word, but the price. Whereas like if you say we'll give you this much to be in a movie, Christopher Walken will say yes. Because he's he's an actor at the end of the day. He's, he's making a living. It's his job. So I, I don't have any problem with that. Like, especially if you're not. Do you know what I mean? If you're not Tom Cruise, you're not Brad Pitt, you can't just do what you want. Yeah. You've got to take jobs, and so I, I, I'm okay with that, I'm fine with that, but I th- I'm wondering if maybe that's what Willem Dafoe is, but um, I'm certainly intrigued, and, and certainly I definitely will watch this when it when it comes on to Netflix, definitely. Yeah, um, I, I think I was the same as yourself as well. Like the, This was the only trailer that kind of stood out to me um, from the ones that I watched. Uh, I, I like these kind of futuristic films or th- like dystopian future and all that kind yeah. of stuff so um, yeah that, that straight away kind of caught my interest and then just the, the general story of it um, seemed quite interesting so um, yeah it, it was only one, I, I get what you're saying with the, the Netflix stuff like about the, the look of it, it does have that kind of that feel, I don't know if it's like sometimes it feels like too clean for for like a movie, if you know what I mean, like the the yeah. image, and I don't know if that's just because it's they shoot it specifically for going on to like online, so it's it's maybe shot using like different cameras, or it's just the way that they they edit the movie. I'm not sure, but it's something that there's something that's different about it compared to like a like a blockbuster movie or something. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's something that if I get the chance, I'll I'll try and check it out. I think whenever it's. Um, Upon the old Netflix, yeah, just a shame with Netflix because I think, like when Amazon do movies, they still put them in the cinema, don't they? Because um, the, the, the big, the big, the big sick was Amazon production, so it was. All right, okay, right. Um, but it's, I don't know if Netflix are going to do that. I'd imagine they'll do it with Scorsese's The Irishman because I just can't imagine. Maybe they won't. I just can't imagine a Scorsese film not being at the cinema. Um, but you want me just to run through the. The other trailers that were, yeah, you run through them. And you tell me your favourite one. Is uh, what's your name? <laughs> well, my favourite, my favourite one's the first one, and we had it been a full trailer, we would have spoke about that. This, but it's it's called Mother. It's going. It's got Jennifer Lawrence, J.K. Simmons, and I think, um, what's the guy's name? The Spanish guy, Amelia will kill oh, me. Oh yeah, Happy Birthday. No. Oh yeah, Javier Bardem. That's it. That is who it is. Yeah. yeah, he's in it. But you, but the trailer, you just see Jennifer Lawrence. She's sort of walking through a house, and you just hear conversations from the movie. Um, but it sounded it sounded quite creepy. Um, but I think we're getting a full trailer for that, like before next Saturday. So we'll probably talk about that then. Um, there was first they killed my father, which is Angelina Jolie directing that. That's another one going straight to Netflix. Um, Bodied, which is a rap battle movie produced by Eminem. So that's all you need to know. There's a film called Deep, which is animation. I've dis- my notes, all my notes, I've got Poor Man's Finding Nemo because <laughs> it, it's it, that's exactly what it looks like. 
the Monster Project. This trailer starts out with like them filming like a hoax on their YouTube channel, and then so like, and then they but then they go like to re- then they're going to make a TV show about really looking for monsters, and of course, they find monsters, but it looks awful. It looks like it is somebody who's f- like made a movie for YouTube. Um, toxic sh- shark, <laughs> um, which obviously it's a bit of toxic shark that <laughs> bites people and then they all get sick. So they do. The there's a guy in it who I thought was Dennis from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but it's not. It's, it's not him. I was like, what's he doing in this Gutted. terrible movie? I thought maybe would have watched it. Yeah, had it been him. Um, there's. Good manners. This actually looks okay. It's a foreign film. It's set in Sao Paulo, and it's about it's a werewolf movie. And it's about this. It seems to be about this woman who's pregnant and she's given birth to a werewolf. So it kind of looks quite creepy. I, I kind of feel like foreign, like like when we get foreign horror films on low budgets, they do so much better. Yeah. Than like America and in the UK. So I I was kind of intrigued by that. So I'm gonna see if I can try try and remember about that one. So I keep my eye out for it. Um, there's a one called Stratton which has got Dominic Cooper in it it's just some sort of British intelligence movie it looks pretty poor I don't really buy Dominic Cooper as a mm-hmm. an action type hero I, I really like him that's the guy who plays Preacher yeah uh, actually that's what, now that you say that though he's good in Preacher but I don't know just the I, do, I just wasn't buying it at all it looks like a bad it looks like a bad movie as well um, called by your name which is Army Hammer um, this is a really indie movie but the looks of things um, I don't really have much interest in it but I think maybe some other people will and then 9-11 um, which is Charlie Sheen is the main character in it which is never good for any <laughs> film um, it's about Whoopi Goldberg's in it the guy, who's the guy do you watch Community? yeah do you know how this the Spanish, the and it's not Spanish, the Mexican guy, um, who they have a statue of. Oh, eh, I think I know who you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> He's in it as well. Um, it just looks really bad. It's about the guys who were stuck in the elevator. and it, it, it It's kind of sad because obviously you're meant to feel, like, I think you're obviously meant to feel how traumatic this situation was, but they acting so bad, it's just... You just can't not not focus on that. So that's the trailers. I think there was one for is it is it six days and the one about the I've I've missed this, but I think this was on as well. Do you know six days? I think this was called Jamie Bell about the SAS. Right. Okay. Have you seen that one? No. They've had a few trailers out now. It's about do you know when Thatcher was the prime minister and there was the the terrorist attack. Right. Okay. And the SAS went in to extract, extract people out. It was like, it's a true story, it's based on real events. Um, that actually looks really good, but I never actually get a chance to watch the new trailer. So, But going by the first two trailers, like that's a film I definitely want to see. Uh, Mark Strong's in it as well. So, mm-hmm. um, But it's definitely, if, if you've not seen any of the those, I think it's called Six Days, I'll, I'll find out before the end of the show. Um, it's definitely worth a, worth a wee look at them. Um, but we will um, we'll move on to some news stories here. I do that. So, well, that's what I'm just doing. <laughs> um, 
the same. There's not there wasn't too much this week that really jumped out in terms of um, really big stories. But the first one we got, and I think probably a lot of people would have been interested in this at least just to see see it. Is um, we had our first look at Domino from Deadpool Two, uh, who is played by, I think it's, sorry, excuse me, I think it's pronounced Sazzy Beats. Yes. Um, did you enjoy this first image? I know there's not much to go by, but did you like it? Have any problems with it? Uh, yeah, it was good. It was a nice wee play on obviously the like kind of marketing from their first movie, so. Uh, yeah, she. I, I don't really know much about Domino, who she is as a character or, um, <clears throat> or kind of involvement. I think as far as I've heard, she's like a kind of love interest um, of Cable's, um, from what I, what I know. But uh, yeah, she looks fine. Looks like somebody who would be in a superhero movie. Um, I saw a wee picture, which was quite good, at somebody comparing her to... Um, you saw uh, Spaceballs? No, I've never seen Spaceballs. Oh, God. Well, anybody who's <laughs> listened has seen Spaceballs. Um, a wee comparison to Barf from Spaceballs. Um, it she looked quite a lot, but I quite like that they've inverted the colours because obviously she's black and um, the character, I think the original character's white, so the the patch around her eyes white instead of being black. So I liked like the wee kind of inversion of that. But yeah, otherwise, quite good. Looks funny. It looks like it'll be continuing on the along the same lines of humour as before, hopefully. Yeah. No, I think I think it's a nice... Because it's the sort of first thing, and we've not seen Cable yet either, so the first one was, was quite nice to to see just the, obviously... Because that, that was pretty much our first image of Deadpool, wasn't it? The, yeah. Him on the bear rug in front of the fire, so that's quite good. Hopefully they, they mix the the sort of... Um, the, the advertising up for, for this Deadpool movie. Um, in terms of Domino, I'm, I'm the same as you. I don't know too much about the character. Um, I, I've read some comics with her in it, but she's never been she's never been a central character. Mm-hmm. And the stuff I've read, she's in a, sort of a lot of X Force stuff, which I've not read too much of. That. I've only read a little bit. And she's in. Did you ever read the Messiah Complex? No, no, I don't she, think I did. Well. She's not in that, but the, <laughs> but the reason is just because I was mentioning. I thought you would have maybe read that one, cause that's but that's part of a little trilogy of comics. Hey. I th- there's one called <laughs> Messiah War, and then the Second Coming. I, I can't remember which one falls second, which one's falls third, because the second two aren't as good as as the first one. But she's in one of them, um, and Deadpool's in it, and Cable's in it, and so like. That gives you a wee bit. That that's one of the first times that you get an idea of um, who she is. She doesn't really get on too well with Deadpool, although no one really does in the comics. Um, I think her sort of abilities are like she can increase probability for herself, so she has like more, uh, more of a chance to to win mm-hmm. the sort of fights that she's in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I like. Um, you in terms of like the the little the white star around her eye that's quite good the way they flipped that but uh, again I think some morons are not happy that it's a black person that's shocker that's, you know, um, especially like because I don't think it has any like her like that her race has anything to do with her character so it's a bit weird 
I don't know. People, <laughs> people are silly. Um, but yeah, I mean, Deadpool two in general. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm about to butcher her name here. Oh come on, surely, surely you can say this one. I just, I know, and I've heard it. I've heard his name so many times. <laughs> like do it slowly. Uh, Giatel Ejiofor yeah, is in is in talks to play Scar uh, in the live action Lion Man. Just to give you a wee bit of context on uh, for some guys who don't know, like the I'll just tell you who's playing some of the other characters in the film. Seth Rogen is Pumbaa, which I think is a, a fantastic choice. Uh, Donald Glover is Simba, which yeah, I quite like that as well. Billy Billy Eigner, I think he's pronounced as yep. Timon. Uh, James L. Jones is Mufasa, which is obviously what everyone wants, and John Oliver is Zazu. Uh, we maybe touch on some of just those the, the other ones as well. But first of all, what what do you think of Edge of Four as um, as um, Scar? Yeah, I think if if they get him and he signs up to it, I think like this could be some of the best casting like for a movie ever. Like everybody's spot on. It's it's different. It's it's different though because we. We've obviously had the animation in the past, so we know what people in our heads probably should sound like, and they're not going for everybody exactly, all the same actors as what they had from the original. But they're going for people who sound similar, and I think like I think Joe Four would be brilliant as as Scar. I think he's got that kind of regal power to his voice, like a bit, yeah. a bit kind of like Idris that way to an extent. So. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would love to have him um, on his scar. I think it'd be, it'd be a, a really good choice. Although I would really like to, I probably ideally would want to see Jeremy Irons come back yeah, for it. But definitely, if we're not going to get him, Chuetel is a good, a good backup. Yeah, I, I like, I really like Chuetel uh, for um, everything he's in. He's, he's generally really good, really good in it. He, he always adds something to it. I think if he is cast as Scarlo, he has the hardest job. Because mm-hmm. the two the two main characters that would have been the hardest to replace are Mufasa and Scar, just because of the distinctive voices that both Jeremy Irons and uh, James L. Jones has. Because everyone else, like Matthew Broderick, is kind of just that. I mean, which obviously is great symbol, but that could have been anybody. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? And, and same with like Nala and like Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, but I think they've cast them really well. A lot of people probably don't know who Billy Eigner is. He's in Parts and Recreation. Actually, I actually like his character in that. Is he in it? Yeah, he comes in. Yeah, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. you'd have been up at that bit. Yeah. No, I'm not. Well, he comes in. Real. I think his character's called Greg, but he does this thing called Billy on the Street. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. I saw the one with him and Seth Rogen. So good. Yeah, I love I love Billy in the Street. Um, at first, I didn't. It took me a wee while to sort of get his sense of humour. Um, but basically, he takes celebrities in the street and like um, just goes about asking strangers questions. One of my favourite ones is just like when he's with Paul Rudd, and he's just like goes up to strangers and goes like, "Would you sleep with Paul Rudd for a dollar?" <laughs> just like asking strangers. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, but I think he's a great choice for Timon. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really is. I think it's like what you're saying. Like Seth Rogen's like spot on for Pumbaa. Yeah. And then, um, I can't remember the the guy who played Timon for the original. It's going to really annoy me. It's the guy from. Mouse. It's the guy. He's in modern. He's in modern family as well. Yeah. Um, I, for the longest time, I thought it was Billy Crystal. I don't know why. I, I had that in my head. Oh, really? Billy Crystal. Yeah, it was Timon, and then uh, 
I found out like a, a while ago that it was um, that guy. Oh my god, it's going to annoy me. But um, I think like just from what I've heard for um, Billy Eichner, that I think he'll be a good um, choice for Timon as well. So overall, like I think Disney are like nailing it pretty much for everybody there to anyway like getting the the right people to play the the right characters. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to Lion King just to see what we get from it. It was uh, Nathan Lane. Oh, God, aye, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, the only thing that would obviously be interesting in this, because I think with the Lion King, is that the songs are going to still be in the Lion King. Is Elton coming back for it? I'd imagine so. hope so. It's going to be strange if it's somebody else singing it. And... But I think, though, but what, what I mean is, like, um, obviously, Glover, Donald Glover's got a musical background, but he raps. I don't know if he can sing. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they all. I mean, obviously, there's auto tune and all the rest of it, so it probably doesn't really matter too much, does it? Mm-hmm. Um, or they'll just get somebody else to sing, like they do with other stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. Obviously, Beyonce was linked for a long time as well to play Nala, but we've never really heard anything. Mm-hmm. Off the back of that, maybe she was too busy having her wee twins. Maybe we'll, maybe she'll sign the contract. But yeah, I'm excited for Lion King. And you're probably right, the cast is, at the moment, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, well, let's move on. So next next thing here we've got is uh, Jessica Chastain. This is where we've got slightly conflicting stories here, so... Just bear with me. So we've got Jessica Chastain confirmed she'll be joining X-Men Universe. Now, this is just going by her Instagram. It looks like she's joined in. She, she posted a picture of her and James McAvoy basically saying that it's excited to work together again. I, I don't know if she said again, but together on X-Men. Um, I think she'd hashtag the Dark Phoenix saga. But then I was reading The Hollywood Reporter who is saying... They, they just a, just a little bit from that it says if the deal is made, sources say Chastain would play uh, Lilandra, uh, the empress of an alien uh, empire called Shahar, who leads the quest to imprison and execute Dark's Phoenix, sending her into conflict with the X Men. Um, but in general, um, I don't imagine you'd know too much about Lilandra and Shahar, but. Jessica Chastain, are you excited to have her on as as a villain in an X Men movie? Very much so. I'm happy to have Jessica Chastain in pretty much most films. So yeah, um, yeah, it's only adding talent to a movie, so I can't can't really argue with it at all. Are you excited to have Jessica Chastain in The Huntsman? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That was an unfortunate um, blotch in her, her career. Yeah. <laughs> as long it's as she's not, not playing this, this character who's in uh, X-Men isn't Scottish by any chance, are they? Cause I don't, think I I don't with... know. Maybe, maybe Scottish accent's kicking about in space. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I love Jessica Chastain. She's in a movie out this year called Miss Sloan, and it's one of my favourite films of the year. Um She's fantastic in it. Um, I know you've not seen it. You should. You should. You should watch it. 
that's my recommendation to every, anyone who listens to this show. Because most people, I don't think, will have heard about Miss Sloan. It's probably one of the ones that would go under the sort of radar, if you will. But I think most people will would enjoy that film. It's such a good, good film. It's, it's about politics and sort of like the it's about like the gun law and stuff like that. But there's kind of like a you get a bit of a twist and stuff in it, and it's it's a really good film. Definitely worth a watch. Um, obviously, she's in your. Uh, you'll just chill on a Sunday and watch Interstellar. Yep. Movie. <laughs> um, in terms of who she's playing, no, she's I mean, is she? Interstellar. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking of something <laughs> else there. What was I thinking of? Something I don't know. in space. Um, yeah, she's in the Martian as well. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Aye, God. But, but she's, but she's in that. <laughs> aye, I know. But I thought you. I, I, never mind. Oh, I never. thought I'd mix the movies up. Aye, aye. Aye. Um, she. Yeah, but in terms of the the characters she's playing, I don't really know too much about the character. Um, I've never read the Dark Phoenix saga. I know it's probably one of the biggest X Men stories. Um, but I think I, I've read some. There's a there's a there's a series of comics called All New X Men where I don't know if you know, but the the original X Men like Jean Grey, Cyclops, Beast, Iceman, they all get brought into present time. So they're actually like young kids um, when the rest of them are older. So like, there's an older version of Cyclops, whilst this young one's still going about. And there's a similar storyline, I think, where it's not it's not La 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 Leandra that that takes uh, Jean Grey into space. It's uh, someone else, but they they she's on trial because of the Phoenix, because of what can happen should the Phoenix come for her and the destruction that she could cause. So quite interested in that, and also just uh, hopefully with Jessica Chastain as a villain could hopefully be really good. It just just depends if they. The, the Huntsman is the only thing that gives me a wee bit of doubt just because that's the only time I've seen her play like a I don't know how, like sort of like a character, like a, do you know what I mean? Like a, obviously all her things are characters mm-hmm. but it's it, she's not just playing like a normal person Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean And so my only um the only thing I've got access to that, that that I've seen her in anything like that is the Huntsman, so <laughs> that doesn't go too well. But I have enough faith in another. Hopefully, the X Men, the, the the new sort of X Men films have been really good. So hopefully, except for Apocalypse, that was a bit that was a bit meh. Yeah. Hopefully that will be. Hopefully it'll be good. Anyway, I just sort of talked a lot of crap there for a wee bit. Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Last last wee news story before we go into the rundown and go into his favourites and stuff. This one makes me really happy. We probably won't talk about it too much, but apparently IMAX have revealed that 3D is no longer the default, confirming what many have expected for a while. The majority of film fans prefer 2D screenings. With 2D, you don't have to wear those annoying glasses. Headaches are less likely, and the ticket prices are often cheaper. Um how do you feel about this? Are you is this something you're happy about, or do you like your three D experience at the the IMAX? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not, I'm not really bothered either way. Like, uh, it depends on on the film. There there is some movies that I feel 
do benefit from 3D. Like I think the one everybody's probably going to think of is the likes of Avatar, where like at the time that was like a real experience watching it in 3D. Um, but there's not been too much since then, really. There's only been maybe the odd film every now and then that's made you say 3D well. So uh, I understand why they're doing it. And generally speaking, if there's a movie out in 2D or 3D, I'll go for 2D instead, unless I've heard something otherwise to say that the 3D is really good. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm gen- if it means I'm going to pay less, then I, I'm happy. So um, not really happy or sad about it to be honest I'm delighted about it I, I'm not a 3D fan at all except, I mean, there are exceptions you're right, Avatar was incredible and I remember when Avatar came out and, and that sort of experience and you kind of think, oh is, that, is every 3D movie going to be like this and then it turns out no they're not, <laughs> they're, they're really not going to be like this the only one I can sort of remember afterwards is The Jungle Book mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was pretty good in 3D And but f- for those of you who don't know the, the problem with with 3D movies at the cinema and why some of them are, are kind of crap is that most of them aren't filmed in 3D most of them are fil- filmed just the, the standard way that you make a movie and then they put almost like a 3D filter over the top of it and so that's why it's crap that's why it's it's just gimmicky and, and, and not very good whereas Avatar was always meant to be a 3D movie it was meant to be an uh, that sort of immersive experience where, like, Avatar is it things don't come out of you in Avatar. It looks like you could walk into the screen, mm-hmm. and that's 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 the experience I prefer more than like see some of the scenes when they're walking through the forest and you're like it looks like you could, Aye. It, it, it looks like you could go up to the screen and climb into it, and so if three D is going to be like that, then I'm all for that. But this the the sort of like like see the superhero films when they do 3D I, I think it ruins the CGI yeah. I, I'm not a fan of, at all I, I, that, that, when we spoke about it with, with Nolan a couple of weeks ago how his films are always at IMAX but they're never in 3D and I always love that, he doesn't, he's not got time for that mm-hmm. um, so I'm happy about it, I know I know other people who will be happy about it, I know people who get headaches when they, they go see 3D films and probably the the cost and stuff. I mean, I, I I do go see them, but I only see them if, like you say, if, if I've heard this needs to be a three D experience, you you really enjoy it, or because I get it doesn't cost me any more to go see a three D film, just with the past that we have. It's only time that suits. Like if I've only got so much time to watch a film and the only shown is three D, then I'll I'll go just because it suits. Yeah, but but I'd rather see two D. Every time. Same. Okay, let's have a wee look what we got now. Um, oh, we better better hurry up here. So just quickly go through the 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 rundown. Um, again, we have some sad news this week. Both Sam Shepard and Robert Hardy have both both passed away this week. Um, um, we've got Nicole Kidman who says she would like to be in a comedy. Uh, we've got Hummy. <laughs> Colette Sarah, <laughs> eh, who will helm the action adventure based on the classic Disneyland ride Jungle Crisis. Eh, American God star Pablo Schreiber, is it, has joined Dwayne The Rock Johnson in eh, the movie Skyscraper. Hans Zimmer is now working on Blade Runner 2049. 
John Senna joins the Bumblebee cast. Ant-Man and the Wasp has begun production. They've also released some... I'm not too sure. Ryan, is it a poster or is it sort of just like... I think it's just artwork. Just artwork. Um, we've got Jack Thorne is rewriting Star Wars Episode Nine. Dave Bautista developing Internal Warrior, the Internal Warrior comic book ad- adaptation. Uh, we've got f- the first images of Vince Vaughn in Brawl in a Cell, Block 99. Uh, Bryce Di- Dallas Howard, uh, poor woman's Jessica Chastain, <laughs> is directing The Rockstar. Uh, Ian McShane has signed on to Hellboy, uh, Rise of the Blood Queen, as Professor Broom. Uh, Erickson Cole will direct The Core, which is written by Damien Chazelle. Uh, the writers from The Fighter are developing a Tom Brady movie. Boo! <laughs> don't, don't like Tom Brady. Um, uh, Marwan Kenzari is in negotiations to play Jafar in Disney's live-action Aladdin. And out this week, um, there's quite a lot of films out this week, but sort of the, the ones I think that will actually be on at the cinema. Uh, Land of Mine, uh, Maudie, Atomic Blonde and Shin, Shin Godzilla. I really hope Shin Godzilla is on at the cinema. Uh, I'd quite like to go see that. Next, um, what anything stand out to you in in that? Uh, a couple of things, just Ant Man and Wasp stuff. It was just good to see like some kind of artwork, but at the same time, you didn't really see much from it. Nothing that's new, really. Um, but still, it was nice to to see that um, they're starting work on that, and then uh, interesting that they're rewriting um, Star Wars Episode Nine. It's I wonder what that's in relation to or why that's that's happened <clears throat> um, if there's been any kind of changes to the story in, because of like the death of people or anything like that I don't know so uh, yeah those were the kind of main things that jumped out at me um, from that I don't really nothing else has really caught my attention a great deal to be honest with you the Hans Zimmer joining Blade Runner as well, maybe actually, because I do like most of the um, scores that he um, produces or works on, like for movies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was in. They, they were just thinking of main things. The only movie that'll probably be interesting seeing this week could be Atomic Blonde. Um, although I've not heard overwhelmingly great things about it, but um, fancy seeing Atomic Blonde when it's out. Yeah. Um, yeah, can I say, Man, Man. I think if for me any time any time a Marvel film starts production, I always get a wee bit excited. A um, couple of things like the Vince Vaughn picture with Brolin Cell, he's obviously got his proper shaved head and stuff, and um, Vince Vaughn seems to be taking a step away from comedy and trying to do more serious stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's quite good. Um, the this I don't know who Ericsson Core is. He's going to direct. Uh, Oh, I bet you've got that wrong. The Core, written by Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle obviously did Whiplash in La La Land, and he, he wrote them both as well. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of interesting that he's doing a film that he's not... He's written a film that he's not going to direct. I'd have quite liked him to direct his own stuff. Um, as much as I just booed Tom Brady there, um, <laughs> at The Fighter's a great film. And... Um, like I said, I'm a sucker for an American football movie, so I I would actually be really interested in that, especially if you sort of know Tom Brady's story. And I know, he, unfortunately, Tom Brady's the best quarterback 
probably ever in the NFL. Probably the best player ever. Um, I do not like Tom Brady. I am not a fan of Tom Brady, but I will admit that. But he, he, he's just his story of how he came to the NFL in terms of like how nobody wanted him and stuff like that. And he's going to come on to be the best player ever. I'll be quite interested in in uh, in watching that. In terms of the the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I did obviously noticed it, but it didn't really bother me. Like rewrites happen all the time, and um, this this um, the last Jedi is not even out yet, so I, I I have no concerns with that at all. Anyway, we'll move on to favourites. What we're we doing today, Ben? Favourites, Ryan. Uh, so this week, because of Atomic Blonde coming out, as we've mentioned, uh, we thought we would speak about some of our favourite female action heroes. Um, so we'll just do what we've, we've did previously. Um, we'll both name our favourite one, um, compare, have a wee chat about it, and then just run through a list of some of the other kind of notable mentions. So you want to go first? Yeah, I, t- I really struggled with what, who to pick. I've got a, we've got a good sized list here. I've got nine nine people on my list, but I really struggled for my favourite. Um, so I'll probably go. Now this could change next week, but I'll probably go today with Trinity mm-hmm. um, from The Matrix. Um, we'll talk a wee bit about something later on when, when we do a Twitter question, but uh, uh, just the first Matrix film in general was amazing, and Trinity Trinity's obviously one of the, the main three characters in that, and the scene she has with, um, with Neo when they go into that building and there's all the security guards it's amazing. It's it was one of my favorite favorite scenes, and they've probably one of most people's favorite scenes mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Um, I love the bit when it's just like um, when she jumps into the helicopter, and she, like because obviously the weird Matrix watch is like, can you fly that? And she just like somebody programs, and she's like, I can now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Trinity Trinity would be the, the, at least for today probably my favorite uh, action hero. What about yourself? Yeah, she. I, I'm kind of the same as you. Like, I, I don't have one that stands out probably more than the rest. I've kind of got like a three-way tie growing at the top. I think, um, and she would probably be one of them uh, up there for me. Um, but I'll, just for the sake of going for somebody different, uh, I'll go for someone who probably a lot of people have, and I imagine you'll probably have on your list as well. But uh, oh, Ripley from the Alien franchise. Um, I think she's like a brilliant female character and. One of the few ones that does like truly lead a film by herself as well, because um, obviously you've got Trinity, but she's she's in like it's, it's two other males that she's alongside, and Neil's ultimately like the the main yeah. character. But Ripley, like she holds a film by herself, and uh, yeah, she stood out for me. I just love, I just thought like her character in the, the Alien movies, the first two anyway, um, were were brilliant. So yeah, she was my favourite one. I do not about, have Ripley uh, on my list because do you now I know she's like that. Oh, we'll be talking over each other here. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys, our wee uh, internet signal just went a bit rubbish. Um, I don't have Ripley on my list because I've never seen the first Alien movies. And Come on, man, I know, which and I, I know Ripley's like the most, like probably. The, one of the, if not the most celebrated female action heroes. Um, but I don't have her on my list. Other people I've got on my list is, is Katniss Evergreen. 
um, who could be right up the top if it wasn't if she wasn't so woe is me all the time. Like, oh, I love Peter. Oh, I love the other guy. Oh no, but I love Peter. I can't. I can't be with him because then I'll hurt him. And she just, just uh, infuriates me, especially when you read like in the books more so. So I, yeah. I probably ca- I'm probably carrying a wee bit of that over to the movies. <laughs> uh, uh, Rita Fratraski, which who's the who's is Emily Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, Sarah Connor, obviously in Terminator Two. Um. Hit Girl. Hit Girl. Uh, the Bride from. Uh, Kill Bill Volumes One and Two. Uh, Furiosa from the Mad Max. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this girl's this character's name, but Zhang, Zai. I'm not sure sure if that's how you pronounce it. So apologies. Um, <laughs> apologies, Zhang, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think the character from the movie can listen. She might. Only, don't know that. Prove only, it. Only. <laughs> prove it. Prove it. <laughs> um, uh, that's um, the girl from House of Flying Daggers. Okay. Have you seen that film? Nope. Oh, Ryan, you're upset me. <laughs> uh, and then Princess Leia, because one of the first action heroes we've got in the female female genre the female category you get anyone else you'd like to add? Uh, yes yeah. so the only ones that I had on there I'd pretty much most of the same as yourself but a couple of ones um, I've got so uh, I flung in there Black Widow on my list oh Scarlet any, any reason to get Scarlet on a list I'm, I'm all about it so uh, Black Widow was there for me. Um, I also had uh, Ray. I liked Ray from Force Awakens. Oh, I thought, yeah. I thought yeah, she was Ray's good. good. Um, and then the last one, which is what she, again, probably narrowly missed out on making my list of or my top three, but uh, Lilo Dallas from Fifth Element. Mila oh, Jovic. great. That's a really good one. Yeah, I loved her. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good one. Um See, I was trying to stay away from superheroes. Aye, same. Because um, if we were adding superheroes and Wonder Woman would be right up at the top of my list. Like, by far. Um, but yeah, the the last one you mentioned there, that's a great one. Ah, Fifth Element, so, so, so bad, but so amazing. Like, I don't even think it's that bad. It's, 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 well, it's, like, it's, pure, it's pure cheese, though. Yeah, that's probably a better way, yeah. Better, better descriptive word. But I don't think it's a bad film or anything. It's... I love it. Yeah, I, I I just watched it so many times when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let, let us know, guys. Who's your favourite favourite female action hero? Have we missed any out? Have we included people that we shouldn't have because you think they're rubbish? Uh, let us know. So we'll we'll quickly answer now some some Twitter questions. Um, first question is from at Papa Doug. Do you think CGI has improved the film industry or has it taken away from the realism? Okay. Ryan. <laughs> that question's directed at you. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I'm kinda split on this one. Um as much as we've spoke quite a lot recently about how we love like practical effects and everything, like I do love practical and I think generally speaking that's the way the best way to if you're gonna make a film that's gonna have like a lot of um use a lot of effects, I find practical is usually the best way because it's real and you can see it's real and uh, like these days obviously the technology that we use to to make practical effects is a lot better so we can make better practical effects so 
Um, I would generally normally always say go practical, but then at the same time, like CGI has improved like a, a lot of stuff as well. Like again, what we're talking about with Avatar, like that was a like a massive breakthrough at the time, and then in recent times we maybe have been watching like with um, Civil War and then um, Ant Man as well, like with the the de aging stuff that they use. Although it's like minor yeah. CGI, like it really, it re- really like adds a lot to it. Then I yeah. think like what a lot of people don't realise as well, like probably a, like the vast majority of what they watch in most movies is CGI, but it's not like maybe yeah. what they they think. So like just even like backgrounds and things like that, simple stuff. So I, I'm, I think it, it, I think it has, it has um, improved it, but there's probably evidence in certain movies that it's um, ruined a lot of movies or taken away like some some of the realism yeah. so yeah I'm a bit splitting it you? I, I, th- I think in general definitely it has improved it and I think the best movies are movies that use CGI and practical effects together mm-hmm. um, there's, there's a couple of cases a couple of like really I don't want to say famous but cases where it's been really evident where CGI has just been a bad decision or they've maybe tried to move too quickly with it because we just spoke about the Matrix there the first Matrix was pretty much all not a lot of CGI but there were so many practical effects like when they're all jumping about and they're like bending over backwards to dodge bullets they're all they're all attached to these ropes Mm -hmm. so it looked amazing like the fight in the train station uh, with, with Agent Smith they're, they're both of them are suspended from ropes, so when they're when they're running and they jump towards each other and they grab on each other and they spin round, it all happened. Whereas the next couple of Matrix films, yeah. it's like they got a brand new toy and they just wanted to. Do you know what I mean? They just gave us so they overwhelmed them us with it and it wasn't ready. It obviously, famously was chucked into the Star Wars originals, which a lot of people don't like and it doesn't fit at times um, and Wolverine Origins that's one of oh. the things one of the worst CGI ever I, 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 I think yeah in general definitely we, when you mentioned Civil War and uh, and um, some Ant-Man there but we we wouldn't have these superhero films without how good CGI is mm-hmm. like I mean if you look at Gardens of the Galaxy the last one there it's all pretty much CGI. Look at Rocket. Do you know what I mean? The Jungle Book movie that we had a couple of years ago, all CGI, except for the wee boy. So, uh, in general, you in Planet of the Apes. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it definitely gives us. It's amazing. I think what it it can do is make people lazy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Instead of coming up with like really good practical effects, it's just like well, we could just do that on a computer. And so I think that's the danger of it is that it makes it, it maybe makes people less creative. And, but as long, but I think I think people have realised that now, and I think there's definitely been a swing in the last few years to do both, to to add add the practical when we can, and then CGI when we have to, because there's just some things you can't do practical. Yeah. And I think the example you used there with the Matrix, like that's probably one of the best ones, or best examples that, like of it that of a comparison of when it works and when it doesn't work. It made me reminded me of like 
Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit trilogy. Like the Lord of the Rings, it was like a good mix of um, yeah. like real stuff and CGI, and then it was the same like with the I think with the Hobbit it was more they were rushed for time like for it so they they had to like use CGI and they had to like because I, I, I couldn't like pick out for a long time like, what it was about the Hobbit that didn't really work for me and then it was like Sarah said to me one day she's like it's because the like the orcs and everything are all CGI and it's like it didn't it didn't really click with me but then I was like yeah that's what it is like nobody nobody who they're fighting is real and it just didn't it did take away like from the kind of realism so I think like what you're saying where they can get that kind of perfect harmony of CGI and practical then that's when it does work best yeah. Um, so yeah it just it, it, it just depends on how it's used really I think yeah anyway no definitely I, I agree with you there and, but let us know Papa let us know what you think what's the what's better is it is it made it better is it made it worse um, next question is from Liebs F, although it's really from her husband. Hi, David. Hi. I hope you're listening. Um, husband wants to know which actor was the best Batman. He says Bale. I say he's wrong. And I say Liebs is right. Oh. <laughs> he is wrong. Who, Who do you, you think? Batfleck. My notes just say Batfleck, Batfleck, Batfleck. That's what I've written down next to this question. I I, I think with, without doubt he is the best Batman. Now, he is not in the best movie. I think all of Bale's movies are better than than the one movie that Batfleck was in. I would even maybe say that I would I would probably say that Michael Keaton's first movie is better than Batman v Superman. Um, but in terms of the portrayal of Batman and Bruce Wayne, I, I love I love Ben Affleck's portrayal of it. I think it is the most like in line with the comics. Uh, and so, by me, it's by far, by far. I know a lot of people would say, is it Kevin Conway? Conlon? The guy who does the, the voices in, um, in animation movies. All right. He does a lot of his stuff. I know a lot of people are a big fan of him, but for me, hands down, down bat. Like, I, I, I would even maybe say Michael Keaton's better than Bale. Mm-hmm. I just, I, Bale frustrates me, just like, swear to me! Like, do you know what I mean? And all he's like, uh, what's the other one he does? He's just like always Where shouting. Is she? Yeah, <laughs> Where is she? That's the one. Just like, what are you doing? Like, so on, like, I don't know. Because it, and when you think about it, the Bale movies, The Dark Knight, you want more Heath Ledger all the time. Mm-hmm. The Bane, I wanted more Bane than I did Batman in that film as well. Uh so, certainly, certainly not the best Batman for me, Bill. But definitely in the best movies, the the the, the Nolan trilogy of Batman's are fantastic. What about yourself? Well, I'm with David on this one. I think because uh, I, I, I understand, I understand like the Batfleck stuff, but I just don't feel we've got enough of him yet. Like until he's got his own movie where it's just him, and you get to see him be a detective or do whatever, then. Then possibly for me, then I would maybe say yeah, he, he could be up there for me. But um, I feel that we've got the best kind of story arc from like the Nolan ones. Um, that that's probably it's probably more about the fact that Nolan was directing it and gave us that type of Batman. But I, I think that Bale was it has been the best one for me anyway. 
the Batman Return. It was Batman Returns, the second one with Keaton. Um, yeah, yeah, with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Christopher Walken, and yeah, like from that one, uh, that that kind of done a lot of damage in the old Keaton camp for me. I, I didn't really like that one that much. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that that I think for me, Bale is the, the rest. I feel I liked his portrayal of it. I liked him as Bruce Wayne as well as um, Batman. And I think like what you're saying, we you wanted more of the Joker. Like I think that's just because. Um, Heath Ledger put in such a great performance that I think you could have had anybody in there as Batman and you'd still want to see more of that Joker because he was just so good as him he was just like really kind of captivating and you always wanted to see him on the screen so I feel that Bale was the best Batman and that's my my two cents Okay so we've got some more sad news today unfortunately this will be the last episode of movie podders <laughs> because myself and Ryan have had a disagreement that we can't get over. No, um, mm. backflip, backflip for me all day. Uh, I, I know, like it sounds like I'm laying into Bale. I, I like Bale as Batman, like, and I love those movies. I just think, like, the most com- of all the comics I've read, I've read more Batman comics than than any other, um, and I just think Affleck's is, is even has the chin. So he does like the the big bum chin that he's got like in the comics as well. It just I think he's I think he's great. Um, anyway, we'll move on it's before we fall out. Okay. Um, uh, Benji R. Goodwin asks uh, greatest opening film scene. Yes. Uh, I've I've written quite a few down. Um, Mine's just we're probably going to start talking about Batman again. Yeah, I think I think for me it would probably be the Dark Knight with the bank heist. Yeah, that's that's mine as well. Like when when we were speaking about this before we started, that was like instantly what came to to mind for me. Yeah, it's it's just so good. Like the we obviously they're all with their clown masks on and the the killing they keep killing each other off because that's what they've been told to do. So until they get to nearly the end and they realise, but just like even even when Heath Ledger has that mask on, you can get a sense of how crazy he is. Just that wee bit when he tilts his head to the side, mm-hmm. and you're just like you get this feeling there's an absolute psycho underneath that mask. Yeah. Uh, how how did you uh, see it first? Like was it just in like did you just see it like normally in a cinema or was it did you go to IMAX or anything? I never saw it at IMAX. Oh, so good! Like that's that that was one of the first films I saw, and that uh, that really showed me what IMAX can do. And it's like a simple scene, like it's nothing. Like the op- actual like opening shot is just like zooming in on a building, and like does nothing really happens with that. But that 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 scene, just the way that Nolan used the the IMAX cameras, like I just thought it was like perfect for it, and just the the way everything was shot for it was just so good. It was just an amazing opening screen. I thought, uh, uh, scene even. I thought, so yeah. No, definitely. I, I've 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 uh, listed off a few others, but I'm sure you have some as well. That just because there's loads. That, I mean, we've probably we missed loads out that we've just for whatever reason can't can't remember or whatever. Um, but just sort of once it came came to the top of my head, Matrix, uh, Trinity es- Escape. Yep. The start of Matrix, which is really good. Uh, 
Tarantino has quite a lot of good opening scenes. Um, there's obviously Pulp Fiction with the diner scene, uh, with the robbery, um, Reservoir Dogs, where they're talking about tipping, and how Mr. Pink obviously doesn't tip. Um, Tarantino has this great way of just having like normal conversations, like things that people would talk about in his films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably the best one of the Tarantino ones is the Inglorious Bastards, when like the Jew Hunters round at that house and they're all hiding under the floorboards mm-hmm. um, I've also got Star Wars and New Hope uh, start of that, especially once you watch Rogue One yeah that's a good point yeah. and then like see once you watch Rogue One and then watch a New Hope straight after it like that's that scene for me just became like one that was good just to like I absolutely love that scene now uh, with, with obviously Big Darth uh, the Lion King, just one from my childhood. There, a um, couple more. Uh, Train spotting, obviously with the Choose Life, uh, and I've got two more. Uh, the Watchman, uh, with oh, the comedian. Nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if Ben's seen this, but this uh, Baby Driver, just that's the most recent one. Yeah, and that's a good show. Re- well, yeah. Really, obviously, that's really fresh in, in our heads. But that's a great opening scene. With mm-hmm. obviously the first of all the bank robbery straight into the the car the car chase. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, I've got a few others to add on to that. Then, so uh, I had most of what you were saying there as well. Um, um, I also had Goldeneye. I thought that was a good opening, um, like scene with the whole diving off the the dam. Uh, I also had Up, which is like horrific. Cru- yeah, <laughs> it's a crushing. But it's like <clears throat> in the way of like a, an opening scene. Like I just think, just think it's like a brilliant opening scene that you're going yeah. to a Disney movie expecting all happiness and sunshine, and then it crushes you like in the first few minutes. So yeah, yeah. Uh, had Up, uh, Scream. Remember that from like when I was oh, younger. I've got Scream on here as well, actually. Well, have you? Uh, no, yeah. I've said it. <laughs> They'll screenshot my screen yeah. right and show it to you. Yeah, obviously yeah. we drew Barrymore. That no, that is a that is a really good, yeah, good opening scene. Uh, also got Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, loved the opening of that. Uh, Force Awakens. That's mainly just because of the fact that I was so buzzing for it. Like I was, like actually like a child sitting next to Sarah, and I was like, as soon as the, the scene started, I was like pure grabbing her hand and crushing it pretty much just because I was like that excited. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, I don't know if you've, if you would have seen this, but it's Manhattan with the um, with the Allen film. No, no. Um, it's it's a black and white movie. It's like I, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's just with the music and it's just like a wee kind of running scenery of New York. It's um, quite a good wee opening scene. So I had that done just as a wee different choice um, for myself. Cool. Excellent. Well, again, Ben. Let us know uh, what your favourite opening scene is in a movie, Leibs. Let us know who your favourite Batman is, because although you disagree with David, you haven't told us who. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a, a stab and say it's Adam West. I'm going to say Val Kilmer. <laughs> no, okay. I think it'll be Keaton. My real, my real answer is Keaton. I think it'll be Keaton. Yeah. Um, I think we should do a wee Twitter poll for this one. Who's right. who's who's that Leibs F's favourite Batman? What? <laughs> No, I know what you mean. You might do a Batman poll. Aye. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a wee, we'll do, do we'll do a wee Twitter poll and see who's the best. 
Bale's, Bale's going to win, though. Because he's the best. No, because more, most people have seen Bale. Because because the Batman, the Nolan Batman films did something that, like, I'm going to use words I don't like using, but they sort of transcended the superhero <laughs> genre. Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. There were lots of people watch those films who don't necessarily like like superhero films. I hear a lot of people saying, oh, I don't like superhero films, except, except Batman, except the Batman ones, like with Christian Bale. Because they don't they don't have that same feel, they they they're, they're quite grounded in reality, and so I think that's why Bale will win because more people have seen seen those ones to the the actual sort of more traditional like superhero stuff. And more people have seen it because he's a better Batman, so they want to see a better Batman. It's not true. It's not true. Uh-huh. I, I I'm disappointed actually. I thought you would have said Batfleck. No, I just not saw enough film to to answer that no, accurately. That. So, yeah, don't disagree. Don't disagree with me on even in Batman, Batman v Superman. I thought like a couple of times when he was doing his Bruce Wayne, his acting was a bit hammy. Like I didn't, nah. I wasn't into it as much. <laughs> Wrong. I, I love. I, like I thought he was good as Batman, but I didn't like the Bruce Wayne side of things so much. So yeah, deal with it. <laughs> I'll deal with you in a minute. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, sorry for just we're having a wee domestic. Uh, so, as usual, guys, uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Hope you've enjoyed today's show, and we, we'd appreciate feedback. As again, if you listen, whether it's on podcast dot com, um, tune in or iTunes, please like, uh, like us, follow us, um, and uh, comment. Um, but yeah, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at MoviePodders. Again, thanks very much for listening. Do you want to say anything, Ryan? Uh, no, just thanks for listening. If anyone else out there is listening and wants to ask questions, please do. Um, just to mix it up a little bit. Um, but no, other than that, no. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, have a wee watch of Batman again. Enjoy Christian Bale as... Batman. <laughs> Save it up. Alright. See you later guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.